0: Welcome to the Thrive Infertility podcast brought to you by the Quillet Institute, your mental health resource to support you during your season of infertility. We are here to help you thrive. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Thrive in Fertility Podcast. This is Kathy Quillett, CEO of the Quillett Institute. And as much as I say welcome back, I should also wish you a very happy new year. We are starting out 2021, and that feels like a breath of fresh air. I, I feel like, and hoping that this will bring us all um, just a renewed sense of hope this year. I know a lot of things don't change with the changing of the calendar, but I also love the newness of a new year. And if you've read anything from me, you also know I love spring and just the opportunity for growth to happen. And so as we embark on this new year together, I wish you all the baby dust and hope and, you know, uh, freedom from COVID and job security and everything. So, uh, just happy new year, and I get to start what is season two of the Thrive in Fertility podcast with somebody that I'm just growing to adore so much. I have Molly with us, Molly Walker, from she's the co founder of the Tennessee Fertility Advocates. Molly, welcome. Thank you so much, Kathy. I love your podcast and just excited to be on today. Thank you so much. So I live in Nashville. I own, for those of you listening, you probably hear me talk about the Quilla Institute. For those in Tennessee, I'm a marriage and family therapist that can treat inside the state lines of Tennessee. And so Molly and my path connected, collided with so much gratitude for that probably last fall. Yeah, absolutely. I, don't know how I
1: even kind of came across, across you. I think it might have been through some online searching or something like that, and just excited to connect with you. And once I did, it's just a friendship that just developed. But also, we've just been honored to have you speak to our group and just learning from you as well. It's been amazing.
0: Mm, love it. The more the merrier, I think, that participate in a healthy way, I should add, in this conversation. So, tell us about Tennessee fertility advocates and how did this happen? And what are you doing? What am I not doing is what it feels like. What are you not doing? Let's
1: be real. right? Uh, Tennessee fertility advocates. We started earlier this year and we kind of came about through my own infertility journey and the other co-founder Lauren, her journey as well, but also just finding out other states that have passed legislation when it comes to fertility coverage. And after connecting with Colorado fertility advocates, I started doing some research and once I realized 19 states have infertility coverage and these are the steps it took to kind of get there. I said, you know what, let's do this. So we started Tennessee Fertility Advocates. We have three points of our mission. The first is just to help spread awareness about the disease of infertility while promoting advocacy and providing a caring community to those struggling. The second is advocate for fertility friendly legislation in Tennessee and last but not least, to assist advocates in speaking
0: with their employers about the need for fertility coverage. That is amazing. Even the fact that you just said the disease of infertility, a lot of times we think of it as such a a, a mental health issue, which it is also. I right. saw somebody, a doctor, an RE post on Instagram just last night about like, you have to be taking care of your mental health as much as your physical health during infertility. And I can't amen that enough. Mm -hmm. But also we just think that it's a problem with who we are as a woman and not a disease that we're fighting. So I love that that is something that you guys say is important to you and part of what you're
1: fighting. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the American Medical Association classifies infertility as a disease and it is, and it affects a third is female, a third is male factor, and a third's unexplained or both, which, you know, and it is important to recognize infertility is not just a little problem. Like it's a disease and we should recognize It's diagnosable. It like that. Right. It we don't have to be embarrassed
0: sure. for it. It's, it is a disease. I always tell my clients like, Would you have a problem going to a cardiologist if you had a heart problem? Hey, no, this is, this is okay. Okay. So tell me, I mean, you and I could go down that rabbit trail, but tell me Molly about your journey. You have your own journey of infertility, which led to the heart work of Tennessee fertility advocates. So give us a 40,000 foot view of what you've gone through. Sure. I will be glad to. So my husband and I We were young, we were both
1: 25 at the time when we got married, we thought it'd be easy to get pregnant. At that point in my life, I had no idea what infertility was or anything about it. Mm -hmm. And after months of trying, I started just having this gut intuition that something's off in my body. And I went to the, the OB I had at the time, and they said, you know, you gotta wait a year before we'll do anything. And that just doesn't really do a lot for my personality because I'm just a doer and I just felt like something was off. But I did wait the year and it was a really tough year of wait. It felt like eternity. Um, long story short, I ended up discovering that uh, I struggled with ovulation and had to take Clomid. We got pregnant with my daughter about a year and a half after trying. My husband was totally perfect and fine. So I knew we had female factor issues. But we got pregnant with her when we were trying to, two years later, we were trying to have our second child and we ended up getting pregnant right away, which was such a shock with no help with Clomid or any kind of medication. And we ended up, unfortunately, having a miscarriage. Hmm. Um, We had just told the family, everybody for Christmas that I was pregnant. We had shirts made. I mean, it was a huge shebang. And then, wow, what a blow that was. And it was... um, it was really tough and after that we did or I did months of Clomid again had another miscarriage earlier on and so after that we had two miscarriages throughout that those few years we decided to see a specialist at Dr. Bailey at Fertility Associates of Memphis and she is phenomenal along with my OB Dr. Jason Williams at MOGA here locally in Memphis both phenomenal but Dr. Bailey Discovered I had a rare blood clotting disorder called antiphospholipid antibody syndrome. But it's luckily is treated with he- Lobinox, like blood thinning shots. So I started that, did metformid, letrozole. And with the combination of all that, I think my body just started treating the disease of infertility, right? Yeah, yeah. And I ovulated, the blood thinning shots helped. And we conceived and we have a beautiful two and a half year old son, Noah, and my daughter Lawson is five years old. And so thankful for that. But through my journey, we still spent thousands of dollars to get to this point while we did not have to do IVF. And as you know, only 3% of people who are diagnosed with infertility actually have to do assistive reproductive technologies, including IVF. And we didn't, we just needed treatment for my disease and the diagnosis I've been given, but yet I had no infertility coverage and this is how things were coded. And so here we are thousands of dollars later, owing the fertility clinic. And in the meantime, I started advocating at my employer and it all led to where I am today. So that's just a little bit about my journey, um, hmm. which it was a tough one, but honestly, Kathy, I would not change it for the world because it led me to
0: where we are today. Right. Right. I thank you for sharing that personal, um, and the hard work that's become, I, You know, we talk about the stages of grief, uh, that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross put out, you know, decades ago, and there's five of them. And the sixth one that we're now entertaining is how to create meaning from the grief and the way that you have turned your family's story into advocating for the every family of Tennessee. Yes. And how you can change the legislation and whatever, you know, also we talk about the, the Chrissy Teagans and the Meghan Markles and their story graces the pages of People Magazine for a minute. And, you know, it gives voice to this for a minute, but you are grassroots every day advocating for the people of Tennessee. And I think what will be beyond
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know I what I've learned? so valuable. Yes. I just have learned that we can either choose as individuals to complain about insurance not being covered or just assume that this is the way it is and that this is okay. And it's okay to not recognize infertility as a disease. Or I'm just one person. What does it matter if I speak up? And it does matter. And I'm learning and have learned and still learning every day but it matters. Every single story matters and I'm just so thankful for those that have helped guide me on this journey as we lead Tennessee Fertility Advocates and we'll see change.
0: Yeah. When you the people that you're working with that are struggling with legislation and coverage and obviously the mountain of debt that a lot of people are getting ready to bring into their their life like What are you seeing them struggle with outside of finances? That's a tough because there's so
1: much that I think we struggle with and that I see people struggle with, with infertility. That honestly, some people are like, you know what, just max out the credit card because I can't even think about another finance thing because my mental health is terrible. My physical health isn't good. I'm so stressed. I can't even celebrate. You know, we have people that do get pregnant. But they can't even celebrate that because every day they're wondering, are they going to lose the baby because they've had recurrent miscarriages, right? Right. And so some people, you know, the finance part is just another extra layer that what Tennessee Fertility Advocates, our hope is that we can eventually through our advocacy and grassroots efforts, that we could provide some form of relief for people so they can at least remove Mm -hmm. that step. And then I think about Kathy, my kids, I pray every day. They don't have the disease of infertility for my son and my daughter. However, if they do mark my words, this will be changed by the time that they get ready to have their own children. And they are mm, my, I just driving got snow's, Mama. yeah, it's going to happen. And I will do everything in my power to make it happen because people should not have to sell their house. They shouldn't have to take out a loan. They shouldn't have to spend a hundred thousand dollars or more in debt for
0: a disease that they have. They just shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. I can just picture like the people driving in their car, listening to this that are having like, that are getting the 3% that are getting to this stage. Like, yes, right. Yes, please. Absolutely. Like,
1: can you only imagine how great that would feel to go and get treatment that you need for your disease and you know this is covered by your insurance or your employer has chosen to add a company such as progeny as a fertility benefits now we have a comprehensive plan that we're working with here or your state has mandated coverage and this is covered yeah. you can actually get the treatment that you need for the disease and not worry about the finance part i mean yeah. i just I know it is a possibility because we've seen it in states that have had it. We've seen how it's been cost effective for the states. We have seen the data. It matters. And hopefully if people are driving right now, they're hitting their steering wheel like, yes, it matters. And yes, I'm going to step in and I'm going to do something about it.
0: I mean, so often, you know, mental health, we've talked about it on the podcast before. Mental health is really hard in the middle of infertility. Um, But I hear so many people going through IVF saying, I just can't afford mental health right now. Right. Because I'm having to pay $20,000 to unblock my tube, or my husband doesn't have sperm that can move into me well. Right. So I'm paying for all this. Meanwhile, I'm depressed and anxious and completely hopeless, but Mm -hmm. I can't treat that right now. Mm, And so when infertility works, we're also then not equipped for parenthood because we're depressed and we're predisposed now and have a higher risk factor of postpartum depression, anxiety, because I couldn't treat it before. Shame on us for not valuing women enough and family enough that we that we can do this. So well done you and Lauren, your other co-founder of Tennessee. Well, and
1: I will just say to that point that you said, I could not agree more. You know, with my first and the struggles we had there, I journaled a lot, but I kept it all in. Even until after our second miscarriage, which was years later, did I even publicly share what was going on? Because I didn't know anybody else that had publicly shared. I thought something was wrong with me because nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even seek therapist or therapy until after my like second miscarriage and you know how much trauma I experienced which I do I know you get it but for your listeners it's like if you are even contemplating speaking to someone it was the greatest thing I've ever done for myself continue to meet with a therapist regularly and it is just so freeing Mm -hmm. and takes so much off of the toughness of this brutal disease and you're right like if you don't own up to it and address it head on it is going to be so much more difficult later on
0: yeah yeah so in your advocacy how would you tell people like how do you okay give us a couple nuggets how do you tell them to talk to their employer how oh. do you talk tell people that maybe aren't living in tennessee to advocate for themselves Mm, Such good questions. So one thing, if if you're listening to
1: this and you don't live in Tennessee, that's okay. You could still like hop in on our movement. And maybe you could pick up a few things that you could actually share with other people. So we'll share all that info later. But um, what we like to say is if you want to talk to your employer, first step you have to do is just write down your story. Get your story down pat, you know, where, hey, I could spit it out to a legislator. I could spit it out to the head of my HR, um, you know, a minute or less if you even had to. And that can be very difficult because our stories have so much emotion behind it. But the best thing is write it, edit it, rewrite it. Just really get your story down pat because that's what matters. The second thing I would say is find out at your employer who's the decision maker. There is a difference between HR altogether and the benefits director at H, in your HR department, right? So while it's great to, hey, I spoke to HR, well, if you've spoken to somebody who's just really busy and they might be the assistant to an assistant to that benefit director, they're probably not gonna really remember, right? Or that, that's not the one that you need to speak to. So find the decision maker and by find, do your research know who's in that department, know the members, talk to people and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Just because you're an employee there doesn't mean you like don't have the right to, to ask who handles this. Yep. How long have they done it for? Do they have a family? Those are all like questions that are good to always know yep. before you get on the phone with them. And obviously prior to COVID, it would be great to have a face to face, but I get it. Some people don't work where their headquartered, you know, are and so zoom calls are the normal or email might suffice or just a phone call but when you send you find the person you've written your story right you have identified who's the decision maker at that company and then we have a lot of resources on our website fertility within reach is another one that has great resources progeny is another one you can collect all these resources we're here to help any way that you need and we can help you craft templates. We can help you just prepare you for the call. Here's some things they're going to say back. We know the obstacles that they're going to, the opposition that they're going to say. And we know the things that you could say back. So we want to help you in that way. But it is just important to do your homework before picking up that phone and making the call. And I always love, Kathy, like send them a picture of you and your partner. Or if you do have a child and you struggle with secondary infertility. Sure. Send them a picture of that because they need to know the face behind the story. Hug on their heartstrings, man. Big Hug t- on it, right? And, it, and any employer, here's the deal with infertility coverage and employers, family building matters. And a lot of people will be retiring if it's a large company, especially they're all retiring and guess who they're hiring? Your 20 and 30 year olds. And guess who's, you know, what's important to them? Building families to help attract and retain employees and the best ones, we need to make sure that we get that kind of coverage. And while it's so great to have adoption coverage, family building resources, such as allowing people opportunity
0: to treat their medical disease is important. Both. Right. Right. I, yeah, I have a client outside of the state of Tennessee right now who works for a company that has like six months maternity paternity. Wow. And also has like $30,000 in adoption coverage and also, uh, assisted reproductive covered. Like I'm like that company needs to just be like, dear America, here's how we need to, to handle it. It's amazing. Exactly. And it matters and your story
1: matters and do your homework before you talk to them. But It
0: does matter, um, and it is very, very important. Okay. I said we were going to do this at the end, but it just seems appropriate to do it now. How do people reach out to you? Like, if they're, like, beating their steering wheel, like you said, right now, and they're like, I need to talk to this girl. I need to get a hold of them. I need to be a part of the movement. If you're in Tennessee, the movement here, but also, like, uh, somebody the other week on a call that you and I were both on was in the Dakotas. Yeah, There are movements. How do people get to be a part of it? Oh my gosh.
1: Um, there are a lot of movements going on, but the best way our, our website is tnfertilityadvocates.com. On there are all the links to our social media handles. You can reach out there. We have a survey on there. It's under the take action tab. If you want to complete that and share it with any info that you have there, we'll gladly reach out to you um, but social media, you can always find me, Molly Walker with the I-E, Molly with the an I-E. Um, and then just type in Tennessee Fertility Advocates um, on social media. But go to our website. All of our info is there. We would love to help you.
0: And let me just say, y'all, if you're listening and feeling like, oh, I, I, I can't add one more thing to a to-do, let me also say that there is community there. I watch their social media, and again, I've been a part of calls, and you guys, there's like Insta community here. Insta. We, Yeah, we believe in community. Like I said, when I went through this, I
1: had nobody, nobody, and it was devastating, Crickets. and it really taught me, wow, like this is not okay, and I promise you, Lauren and I's vision is we don't want anybody to have to feel like we felt, Right. And so we do Warrior Wednesday calls every week, every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central, where we have a speaker on and we talk about topics that are important. We do highlight our advocates. Some people want to share their story, but they don't have a platform. We will help you do that. And we just do a lot of different conversation back and forth on social media. And we, we just love it. It has been a game changer for so many that have felt alone. And it is just something that we're very passionate
0: about. I love it. I love it. Okay. Give us a nugget. How do you want to send this out? If you had, like, if you were talking to a room full of all of your best friends right now and they're in the throes of infertility, or even yourself 10 years ago, seven years ago, whatever, what do you want to tell people to help them continue to live well while they wait for their baby? If
1: I, there are a few things, but I'll try to make this short. But if I could look back at my journey, and tell myself something it would just be molly your story matters Mm -hmm. you do not have to suffer in silence anymore and even though it's hard sometimes to take that step of faith of like hey i'm just going to share this with someone else or i'm going to share this however you choose to do it for me it was kind of coming out and sharing it on social media but the weight that took off my shoulders is really unexplainable. And the vulnerability, it did take a lot of it, but gosh, it was so worth it. And how many people reached out and said, I'll go through that. Thank you for sharing. I've been there. It matters. Mm-hmm. But your story matters. Your voice matters. Yeah. And you know what's so unfortunate is that we think being one person, we can't do anything. You sure can. There has been employers that have added coverage because one employee spoke up and I could sit here and tell you that story. It's amazing. And then there's employers that we have had 75 advocates all rally together for a year and a half. But guess what? January, 2021, they are offering coverage through Progeny because people spoke up and it matters. So your story matters, your voice matters. But also don't forget, like you are electing your officials into office your house representative and your senator and if you're in the state of Tennessee you can go online and you can find out who they are and you can call their office you can send them an email share that story that you typed up share it with them share your picture tell them the infertility coverage needs to pass in the state of Tennessee and we will help for the state of anywhere uh, for the state of anywhere exactly right i mean every state, this needs to happen because it is a disease and it is no different than anybody getting treatment for a heart disease or my mom being a diabetic. I mean, I could go on and on about how this needs to be covered and it should be covered. Mm -hmm. And so people need to know, you know what? My story matters. And I'm about to let some people know because my voice is powerful and I don't have to sit here in this trauma and in this state of depression, thinking I'm all alone because you are not, right. Not all alone.
0: Not all alone. I love it. Molly, you are a gift to this. So are you, Kathy. Thank you. Girl, creating meaning out of our own stories, making it so people don't have to experience what we've, the debt you've experienced or the loneliness you've experienced or that, you know, give your pain a purpose give your pain a purpose because the worst thing we can
1: do is let it be wasted i know for me and my beliefs god didn't intend for me to just waste the pain that i've been through and i like i told you earlier i wouldn't change a thing because it's led me to where i am today and even though i didn't do ivf i still can relate to everything that these people are going to because i did go through it and if i didn't then i'd know a lot of other advocates, thousands across
0: the state that have been through what they've been through. And yeah. 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 I love it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Molly with an IE from (laughs) Kathy with an IE. So appreciate that. Um, Go ahead and visit their website, TN, short for Tennessee, fertilityadvocates.com. Find them on Facebook and Instagram. She is an avid poster. And so... Come be a part of the movement if you're here, but also if you want to figure out how to do this in your own state, um, reach out also. Yes. Please, please, please. Okay. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. I can't wait for you to see what I have in store for you um, later this season, and I will be posting more about that soon. I'll see you next week. Happy New Year. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thrive In Fertility brought to you by the Quillet Institute. Don't forget to check us out online at thequilletinstitute.com or at the Quillet Institute on Instagram and Facebook. Have a great day.